Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. I'm going to Ephesians chapter 1 today. And I uh, just have just been stirred up by the Lord to talk about this subject. I may talk about this topic for a few Sundays. I'll, I'll have to wait and see. I'm not positive. But I know I'm going to today. I'm going to talk about a revelation of authority. And, um, you know, every now and then, you just need your, your, your uh, spiritual eyesight adjusted. And kind of begin seeing things clearly again uh, the way they really are. Uh, you know, in the beginning, God gave man dominion. He gave him authority. You know, in the book of Genesis, uh, it says that he gave him authority over all the earth. And so to me, that says man had authority over everything going on on the earth because he was given authority. Uh, you know, like Genesis says that he was given him authority over certain things. Then it says over every creeping thing that creepeth on the earth. And Brother Caps used to say, we, we have authority over creeps. Praise God. But the, the phrase in there in Genesis, this is Genesis 1 that I'm referring to. It says, and over all the earth. But something happened when man sinned. He, he lost that authority. And the reason we know that he did is because in the Mount of Temptation, the, the, the devil took Jesus up on a, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, all this Glory will I give you, for it, it is mine. It's been delivered unto me. And Paul called him the God of this world. Well, God didn't make him that way. God didn't give him the dominion over all the earth. We read it in Genesis. He gave it to Adam, to man. But now we see in Luke, he says, I have it. And he wasn't lying because it was a temptation. You can't tempt somebody with a lie if you don't have it. Amen. You can't tempt me with a million dollars if you don't have a million dollars. Amen. And so he, the, the devil literally had it because God, man gave it away. When he sinned, God gave it to man. And man, when he sinned, gave it to the devil because he yielded to the devil. He, became, he, came, he came under his dominion now. But thank God for Jesus. Amen. And I want to talk to you about how we got to get a revelation of this. You know, how we have to have a revelation of authority. So, look, I don't know if I'll read all these scriptures. But other, besides this one in Ephesians, I have 11. Thanks for your excitement. Praise God. I, but, what I, but, but here's the thing. is If this is true, it's in the Bible, isn't it? If, if we have authority, it's in the Bible. Amen. Now, I want you to read with me. I'm going to read a few of, of, of several verses here. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. Now, Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. Uh, he prays for them in the first chapter. He prays for them in the third chapter. And I would encourage you to, to read those prayers and pray them over yourself because they're spirit-anointed prayers. Amen? And then he prays for the church at Philippi in chapter 1 and then the church at Colossae in chapter 1. I would say... 
Go, and I do this sometimes. I pray these prayers over people. I pray these prayers over, uh, over myself. Uh, out of Ephesians 1, the one we're going to read, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, and Colossians 1, because their spirit-indicted, anointed prayers, they made it in the Word of God. Amen. And so they're good prayers. Amen. So here in verse 15 of Ephesians 1, Paul says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all of the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now here's what he's praying, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. How many know it's knowledge of Him that we need to be victorious? And I found out the more knowledge of Him that you get and you walk in, the freer you are. That the eyes of your understanding, verse 18, being enlightened or flooded with light, that you may know. Here's what he wants us to know. What is the hope of his calling? In other words, God wants you to know about your calling as a child of God. There's a lot goes with that calling and a lot of blessings go with it. And there's responsibility goes with it. And he went on to say, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? So he wants us to know about our calling. He wants us to know about our inheritance. We have an inheritance. Now, I mean, we should be just as, just as diligent to find out our spiritual inheritance as if a relative left us an inheritance. Amen. I've never, I'm trying to think whether this is true or not, but I don't, I don't ever remember being left an, an inheritance yet. <coughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But uh, I'm still alive, so there's still a chance. Praise God. Anyway. He went on to say, verse 19, what is the exceeding, this is the third thing he wants you to know, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe? So there's power available to us believers. And he wants us to know about that. And he goes on and says, it's in verse 19, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above. Everybody say far above. So not just a little bit above, far above. Now, how I many know the higher you get, the smaller things look? I mean, you fly, how many have flown before? Amen. I'm talking about with an airplane. <laughs> we took trips back in the 70s, and we didn't, we didn't leave the airport. Uh, but you, you, you've flown, and you know, the, the things just look like little ants down there. You know, and, and I used to hear people talk about how we were running out of uh, space for everybody. The earth was too populated. And then I got in an airplane and thought, these people have never flown because there's all kinds of unused land here. There's more that's not used than is used. So I'm thinking, these people don't know what they're talking about. So now he raised him far above. Look at that. Verse 21, all principality, power. Might, dominion, these are demonic things he's talking about. And every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So he's not only got us covered now, but for the future. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. That's real significant because that means where it says to the church, you could literally put this out in the margin of your Bible for the church's sake. 
He, it's not, he did this for the church. See, He put all things under his feet. Well, he's the head, then we must be the feet. Amen. So all things are under our feet, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Chapter 2, verse 1, And you hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. See, before you, you were saved, you were dead spiritually, but God's made you alive spiritually. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Before we were saved, we were just following the world, their, their vice, their culture. There, was a, there is a spirit that works in all the people that aren't saved. I'm not saying they're demon-possessed, but it's a spirit that influences their lives. Among whom also we all, all of us had our conversation or our conduct in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That's, what, that's the way we lived our lives. Uh, amen. Before we were saved, we, we fulfilled the desires that whatever the flesh and mind wanted, that's what we got it. Now that we're, not, now that we're saved, we don't do that. We don't live that any longer. We're supposed to follow the Spirit. And we're by nature... Just by our nature, we were children of wrath, even as others. How many know your nature has to get changed? When you get born again, you get a new nature. But God, everybody say, but God, God. who is rich, yeah. hallelujah, in mercy. Amen. Thank God he is. For his great love with which he loved us, he had such great love for us, he had just had to do something for us. Even when we were dead in sins, he's quickened us together with Christ by grace you're saved. And he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, it says right here that you and I, this is not real deep revelation, but I tell you, you have to remind yourself of it. Because I've, I've, when God began to deal with me, I thought, yeah, I think I've slipped in a few areas here. Uh, but you have to be reminded that we have been raised up together. Just like Christ was raised from the dead, he was made alive, raised from the dead. We were raised from the dead spiritually, and then we were raised up and we sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Well, where are those heavenly places? Verse 21 of chapter 1, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is come. How many believe that Jesus is above all that? I said, how many believe that Jesus is above all that? I think most churches do that know anything about the Word of God, which there's getting to be less and less of them. But most churches that really know at least a little bit about the Word of God believe that Jesus Christ is over all principality and power and dominion, but they don't believe they are. But the Bible says we're seated with Him. We have joint seating. So if He is, we are. By virtue of Him, Amen. Now, I've heard this. I heard a guy say, he's a very popular guy. I don't have anything against him except he doesn't know what he's talking about in some areas. Some areas he knows what he's talking about, but he should just leave areas. You know, it's kind of like Brother Osteen, John Osteen. How many remember John Osteen, the great pastor um, of Lakewood Church? He's, you know, he was up preaching one time as a, as a, as a Baptist. He was, he, was, he was a Baptist pastor and got filled with the Holy Spirit and became Bapticostal or whatever, and, uh, you know, then just dropped all the names and just became a good preacher of the Word. Hallelujah. But he was up preaching one time. He tells this story himself, so I'm not, I'm not poking at him. 
Uh, but he said he was up preaching one time on the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, gifts of healing, working miracles, and the gift of faith. He's up talking about those gifts. And he, he said something like this. This may not be exact, but he said, you know, the, the, the word of knowledge is the, the, the great uh, libraries we have in America. Uh, the word of wisdom is the great universities we have in America. And the gifts of healing is the great hospitals we have in America. You know, there are people that teach that. And he said, you know, it dawned on him and he, that he didn't know what he was talking about. And so he told his congregation, thank God for people with some guts. I can follow people like this. Even though they make mistakes, at least they admit it. He, he told his congregation, he said, folks, close your Bible. Let's go home. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Dismiss the service. Well, he learned, didn't he? Yeah. Hallelujah. He became open and he learned. And so, you know, there, there's, there's people that, you know, this, this gentleman that I'm, I'm referring to, when he stays in areas where he knows about, he's pretty good. But I heard him say, we don't have, we believers don't have authority over the devil. And I'm thinking if we don't have authority over the devil, we are in deep trouble. And I got a question. Why did Jesus come to get authority? He certainly didn't do it for himself because he was the eternal word in heaven. And he had authority over the devil. And not one time has the devil ever defeated Jesus. Amen. He came here to get it for us. Hallelujah. And so the whole purpose for him coming and becoming a man was to get authority back to man. Amen. See, the Bible says death came by man. Resurrection came by man. See, this is, this is the mystery, is Jesus is all man, but he's all God. It's a mystery, but God did it. Hallelujah. You know, but everything he did in our redemption, he did not do that as, as, in his capacity as God. He did it as a man. The Bible said, he said, the spirit of the Lord's upon me, didn't he? Well, God doesn't have to be anointed. He is the Spirit of the Lord. He is anointed, right? Man has to be anointed to do supernatural things with the help of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And so everything he did, he died as a man. Even Paul told Timothy, he said, there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. He's doing it as a man, not as God. He's, listen, unless you misunderstand this, Jesus was God, is God, and always will be God. There was never a time he was not God. God is God. But God took on a man's body. And, and Philippians says, the Amphite Bible says, he stripped himself of his power and glory. He stripped himself of his rightful privileges of God and humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He didn't die as God. God can't die. He died as a man. And he came and got authority back as a man. And he did it so man could have it back. Here's the good thing of it. The flame of it rests in him so we can't ever give it away again. Hallelujah. We're operating on it because we're in Christ. But we do have it, but it's just in Christ. Hallelujah. 
And that's why the devil's still the God of this world. He's just, just, just a season. How I many you know there's a time coming when he's going to get kicked out of that position? He's already been defeated. He's already been beat. You know, the demon said to Jesus, have you come to torment us before the time? What do they mean by that? They know there's a time coming when it's over with. You're all going to the bottomless pit. Hallelujah. Now, we, we look at this scripture here in Ephesians. I don't know how you can draw any other conclusion but that we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all principality, amen, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that's named. Not only in this world. Everything in this world's got a name. It's under our feet. Amen. I'm going to show you some more scriptures to verify that, but let me talk a little bit. Here's the problem, and, I, and I've, I've found myself falling back into this, and it doesn't work. I've just learned after 40 years of trying this, <clears throat> it doesn't work. Trying to get God to do something. God's already done something. Yeah. <clears throat> If we don't like something, what I've learned, if I don't like something in my life, I'm the one that has to step up to the plate and say, you can't stay in my life. Amen. See, God's not going to back me till I take my authority. It's, 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 it's the authority he's given me, but it's his ability that will back me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But I have to understand, I take authority. When I take authority, God's ability comes on the scene. His power comes on the scene. But I have authority. Amen? I said I have authority. Just like the policeman, he has authority, but he may not have power. If he's out there at the intersection trying to stop your vehicle and all he's got is his hand, how many know he may have authority, but he doesn't have power? But if you don't obey that authority, you're going to meet the power. Isn't that right? Amen. And God has given us, praise God, authority when we take our authority and say, I, I don't permit that in my life any longer. Then God's power begins to back us. Amen. But a lot of times we're crying out to God to do something when it's not his move now. It's our move now. Right. He's already moved. He moved at Calvary. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Right. How many know to get saved, you have to take the move, don't you? You've got to take the first step. God will meet you. He'll cause you to be born again. His power will go to work in your life, but you have to, you have to take the step. He's not going to do that for you. Right. Yeah. A lot of you are just get upset with God because why didn't God do this and why God, didn't God do that? Well, he, when he sent Jesus Christ, he actually already did it. Yes. Now he's waiting for us to take our authority. Now, you, when you're a babe in the Lord, you don't know those things, and so there's grace. Yeah. There's mercy. And God covers for you. But once you get a little older in the Lord, then God expects you to start doing something, doesn't he? Yes. Amen. Start taking responsibility, right? Yes. How many know only you can control certain things in your life? Yes. Now, I have a funny thing that I do, but I'm not really serious about it. But when I'm out to eat with someone else and I overeat, I always blame it on them. I say, look what you did. Why did you let me do this? That just happened just a few days ago. I'm like, why did, they, they was, why did you let me do this? How I many know they don't have any authority, do they? Only I have authority to put the fork down. Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? And a lot of times we're trying to get God to do something. He said, hey, you got the fork. Put it down. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, Lord, just... <clears throat> 
You know, it's like a lady was praying at the altar one time, and she was praying, Lord, take it away, take it away. And she was just yelling, take it away, take it away. And she started screaming, take it away, take it away. And then Brother Hagin said, Sister, what is it you want God to take away? She said, Brother Hagin, it's this old snuff. Man, if I'd been her husband, I'd have taken that away. But anyway. And he said, he said, Sister, God doesn't want your snuff. He's not a snuff dipper. See, she didn't realize she, he'll help her, but she's got to take the step and say, I'm not letting you in my life any longer. Does that mean she'll be successful the first time? Well, maybe not, but you keep taking your authority and you're going you're gonna to win. Yes. Amen? Maybe she will the first time, maybe knock it out. It's like a guy came to me and he was having some problems with some things one time. And, you know, I, I didn't condemn him. I didn't beat him up. I said, hey, look, you're coming to me because you want to get rid of it, obviously. That's why you're here. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to get rid of it. You wouldn't be telling me you're doing this thing because you wouldn't want your pastor to know you're doing it. He said, you're here. Let me tell you what to do. Just keep swinging at it, and you're going to knock. You're going to make the connection and knock it out of the park. Just don't give up. Just keep swinging. Keep taking your authority. I don't want you in my life. I agree. Come on, somebody. Uh, you can't stay here. I tell sickness. I, I tell sickness and disease. You can't stay in my body. I'm not. Listen now. This may sound sacrilegious. Get me kicked out of 37 churches on this street if there are that many here. But I don't. I don't. I don't just wait for God to do something. He's already done something. I'm not just calling out for God to do something. He's done something. He sent Jesus to get me delivered. Amen? Amen? Amen. I, you know, he'll help me. Don't misunderstand. I don't want this to come out wrong. He'll help me. But I've got I've to step up to the plate and say, no, I don't permit you. You can't stay here. What did Jesus say? And, and if, you know, if God speaks to the mountain, it'll depart. But if you do, your lips will fall off. That's not what he said, is it? He said, you speak to the mountain, didn't he? He said, you do it. Not God do it, you do it. He said, this is faith in God. What does he mean by that? Well, if you take your authority, God will back you with his power. But you've got to take your authority and say, I'm not permitting that to stay in my life. This was the revelation Paul was praying that the church at Ephesus would have. Realize, get knowledge of him, realize what's already been done. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let me, I, I don't have a whole lot of time here, but let's, let's look at some scriptures to back up what I've, I've said, some of this. Let's go to Matthew 28. Because there are churches that don't believe that we have any authority. Well, Jesus has it, but we don't. And so if the Lord wants to do something, He'll do something. How's that working for you? I can tell you how it's working for you. It's not. And I've noticed that over the years. Every time I try that approach, it doesn't work for me either. It's when I say something. It's when I forbid it. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you permit, whatever you allow. Not what God, God's already told you what he wants in your life. Amen? You know, God's not going to make you do anything, is he? Is he? He doesn't, does he? I, I wish he did, but he doesn't. He's not a dictator. How many know that? He's a loving Heavenly Father. And he's, but the good thing about it is he's given us authority to do something about it. You don't like something in your life? Tell it to go. Amen. You know, we lived out in the country, 
This is not going to be popular with the animal rights people. But we lived out in the country as I was growing up, and everything you could think of would show up sometimes, you know. Because, you know, the road we lived on, there wasn't anybody else lived on the road. It was a rock road, and there wasn't another house for another quarter of a mile. And, uh, you know, things showed up. And I remember one time we had a dog show up, you know. And that wasn't uncommon that dogs would show up because people would dump their dogs off. You know what I'm saying, which is not a smart thing to do. (laughs) Why is it so quiet? Because you all have done it. That's why. Um, (laughs) No, that's not a good thing to do, but they would. And I remember we had one dog, and, man, Dad did not want this dog staying around. We did everything we could to do to run him off, and he would not run off. And finally, Dad gave up and said, all right, you can just stay. And the next day, he got ran over by a car, which, you know, we only had about three cars a day go by or something, so one of them got him. Praise God. Hallelujah. (laughs) He's in heaven now. Doggy heaven. But, uh, you know, you you, got to put your foot down on things in your life. Wigglesworth one time, he was talking about he went to the bus station or train station. I can't remember when it was, but he says an, an older lady came to the, to the train there and her little dog followed her, you know, little dog. And she's, she looked at the dog and said, now you'll have to go home. Uh, you, can't, you can't go with me. That little dog just stayed there wagging his tail, rubbing up against her. Now, you'll, now honey, you'll have to go home. Uh, you know, mommy can't take you on the train, you know, and that little dog did pay any attention, and finally she put her foot down and said, Get! Wilkesworth said that dog tucked its tail between his legs and took off running. He said, I didn't even think about it. I just said out loud, That's the way you got to do the devil. You can't just, God, do something about the devil. How many know he gave us authority? It's just like with my eating. I blame people around me. If if you took me out to eat and I overeat, I'd blame you. I said, boy, that was a dumb idea you had. Jody and I, brother Jody and I, we, bought, we, got, we both got a great big burger. He got a big burger. I got a great big burger. It had everything. I mean, it had bacon on it. It had barbecue on it. It had cheese on it. I mean, it, it was a big thing, you know. And so I cut it in half. I'm going to eat half of it. He cuts his in half, and he's going to eat half of it. And we eat half of it. And, you know, I'm looking at that burger, and, he, he, and I'm thinking, you know, well, I don't think I want to take that thing home. Burgers aren't, you know, I don't want to take it home. So I ate the rest of it, and he ate the rest of his, and then I said, boy, that was a stupid idea you had. <laughs> How many know it's not his fault? It's my fault, right? Amen? Now look at this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. Jesus came, and he spake unto them, his disciples, saying, All power, or that word power is literally the word exousia in the Greek, which means authority, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus said, I have all power. Well, how did he get all power? How did he get it? He got it when he defeated the devil. Or the word power literally is the word authority. It's the word authority. And like the New King James says authority, which is really what it is. It's not, the word power in the Greek is dunamis. The word, the word authority in the Greek is exousia. This is exousia. It means authority. I have authority. Well, listen, how many know if Jesus no more had it, then he said, you go. He gave it to them. 
See, if the head, how many know if the head has authority, the body has authority? Right. right? Look at Mark chapter 15. Mark 15. You know, it's just, you know, people could argue with me, but you can't argue with the scriptures, right? I mean, you could, but you'd be really dumb to do that. I mean, the Bible's right. Amen. Amen. So let's look at some scriptures and just see what the Bible says about authority. In Mark 16, verse 15, and he said, that's Jesus said unto his disciples, Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Well, let me know, you couldn't cast out demons if you didn't have authority over the demons. I can't throw somebody out of a place I don't have authority there. You know, I can throw anybody out of my house except my wife I want to. And so can you. Because I have authority. I can't throw you out of your house. I don't have authority there. I can't come to your house and say, I don't like the way the living room's arranged. You got all the furniture up against the wall, and we're going to move it. Now, you might be nice and like, oh, gosh. When pastor's gone, I'll move it back. But I don't have authority to do that, do I? It's your house, right? See, I can't cast demons out if I don't have authority over them. And Jesus said, cast them out. I said, Jesus said, cast them out. So you must have authority. How many know that shows us right there? We have authority. He's not going to tell us to do something we can't do. Look at James chapter 4. I'm going to look at these scriptures, at least some of them. We may not go to all of them, but you can write them down if you want to. Get the CD or go online and get it. James chapter 4, because you have to remind yourself of these things that, listen, I'm, sometimes I've been waiting on God to do things before, and, it, and all of a sudden it hits me, wait a minute, why am I waiting on God for? <laughs> He's the one that gave me authority to do something about it. Now, he'll, it's His power that does it, you know, but I have to take the authority first. James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Well, how I many if the devil's running from you, he must know you have authority. How many ever ran from the cops? I have. How many ever? Brother Greg has. <laughs> Brother Steve has. Did you raise your hand, Angie? What'd you say? Oh, it was her friends. But you still ran. <laughs> Who else has ran from the cops before? Terry, you've ran from the cops? Mark, I know you've... All right, who's ran... Who else? I've ran from the cops. Why, why do you run from the cops? Well, those are all right answers, but, the, the, but let's go back. Let's go back and think about this. Somebody said because you did something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you ran from the cops because they have authority. Right? You, don't, you fled from them because they can do something to you. Yeah, I remember one time I was at a place and nine state cop cars come rolling in at once and descended on us. I ran. 
when I saw them, well, I didn't even see them. I heard somebody, hey, man, cops. Off I was gone. I was gone, booking it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, he didn't have anything to do with it, right? But if somebody yelled, hey, there's nine grandmas just pulled up. I'm not running. <laughs> yeah, what'd they bring? Fried chicken, cookies, yeast rolls? No, but when they said cops, it's like they have authority. Man, I have to answer to them. See, why does the devil flee from us? I said, why does the devil flee from us? We must have authority. Why else would he run from us? The word flee means to run. And so he, know, you see, he knows we have authority, whether we know we have authority or not. Amen. Look at, look at um, I'll tell you what, go to 1 Peter. I, I, like I said, I'm not sure we'll get to all these, but we're going to look at at least some of these. See, how many of the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established? How many know I've already given you more than that? I said, I've already given you more than that. And so this is an established, this is an established doctrine in the word that we have authority over the devil. And to try to get God to do something, listen now, listen to what I'm saying. Don't, don't over-interpret this, but listen, we have to be the ones that initiate the process. God, certainly it's going to be God's power. It's going to be God's help. He's the one that does the healing, right? We don't have the power to heal. We couldn't heal, you know, a, a, a fly's wing. But he has the power. But we're the ones that make, we're, we're the ones he said go lay hands on the sick. You're the ones that take the authority, initiate He'll back us with His power. We, we would have kept, continued reading there in Mark. It says that the Lord went with them, confirming the word with these accompanying signs. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. See? But they had to do something. They had to do what He said, go into all the world, take the gospel. They had to take authority. Amen? Yeah. Now, here in uh, uh, Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, uh, Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So he's looking for somebody to devour, folks. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplishing your brethren in the world. So it's like Peter said, look, the devil, he's trying to attack everybody. You're not alone in this. But he said, resist him steadfast in the faith. Well, if you didn't have authority over him, you couldn't resist him, could you? You'd have to have authority. And I'll tell you who he, who he is devouring. He's devouring everyone that doesn't resist him. That's who he's devouring, see. Now, all right, look at Luke chapter 10. We just got just a, maybe a couple more at the most. Maybe just one. Luke chapter 10, go there. Did you get anything out of this today? All right, Luke chapter 10. I'm just talking about we, you got to have a revelation of authority. <clears throat> don't expect God... Don't. I don't know how to say this because I don't want to say it wrong, but don't just leave it up to God when He's left it up to you. What would happen to the person that you witnessed to to give their lives to the Lord and they said to you, well, I'm just leaving it up to God. When He wants me saved, I'll be saved. Do you know where they're going to end up? They're going to end up in hell, aren't they? Why? Because it doesn't work that way. You have to do something. Does that make sense to you? You don't, you know, people say, you know, well, you know, God, God wants me healed, I'll be healed. How I many if salvation doesn't work that way, healing doesn't work that way either. And I've heard Christians say, well, I'm just leaving it in God's hands. Well, listen, God, God put it in yours. 
His hands have already been crucified, been pierced for that. Right? He's already paid the price. If you're going to leave it in His hands, I can tell you what you're probably going to get. You're probably not going to get anything. Listen, maybe mercy. God's merciful. There's mercy sometimes. But most likely, you're probably not going to get anything because He's put it in your hands. It's just like the weight thing. If I go, you know, if I go <clears throat> to Pastor Jerry and say, look, I'm counting on you to, 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 uh, to, for, for me losing weight. If I don't lose weight, it's your fault. <laughs> I'm supposed to lose 30 pounds this year. I've already spoken it out in my mouth, and I now, now I need 32 to go. <laughs> and, and if you don't do something about it, Pastor Jerry, I'm going to tell everybody. It's his fault. How me know? I can say that, but I'm still not going to lose weight because the only, the only one who has authority in my life is me. Isn't that right? Now, I learned that as a pastor. I can help young believers along a lot of times, but after they get a little older, I can help them only if I, I hook onto their faith. They have to do something. Amen. They have to take some steps and do something. Amen. And so, you know, when they're babies, yeah, how I many know you do everything for a baby, don't you? But after a while, you begin to you wean the baby. You begin, to, you begin to train the baby. You know, the day comes when you have to discipline the baby. Amen. The day comes when the baby goes off to school, right? The day comes when the baby graduates from school and leaves home, gets married. Isn't that right? It's just a process you grow. Well, the same thing's true spiritually. When you get saved, you're just a baby. We carry you. We carry you. But as you get a little older, God says, no, okay, now you've got, you got to button your own shirt now. Amen. You got to do your own paperwork. I'll let you figure that one out. <laughs> Amen. Why? It's called it's called growing up, isn't it? Amen. Now, so so the same thing's true. I mean, I'm I'm in a place now. I, you know, if I don't do anything about it, nothing's going to be done. But others can assist me. They can help me with their faith. But man, I I've got to I've got to take my step too. Now, look, look at this, Luke chapter 10, as we get ready to close this out. Luke chapter 10 and verse 17. The Bible says, and the 70, these are the 70 that Jesus sent out, returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject unto us through your name. And he said, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. Guys, you shot him down. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and that's reference to demonic spirits, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you. Now, didn't he just say the spirits are subject unto them? He said, rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In other words, he says, the reason why the spirits are subject to you is because your name is written in heaven. That's the thing to be excited about because that's what gives you authority. Right? But now I, people will say, well, yeah, but this was Jesus's, the, the disciples that were with Jesus. Well, Jesus said that the demons were subject unto them through his name. Through his name. Don't we still have the same name? Doesn't it still have the same authority? You think it's lost any authority? Of course not. If it worked for them, it will work for us. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul in Acts 26, go there. Wow, we're going to a lot of scripture today. 
But you know, I just felt like this is what we need to do today. We just need to let the Bible do some talking to us and let it, let it paint a picture of, of authority. Let it paint the revelation of it. Because it's, it's firmly rooted in the Bible. Amen. Now, in, uh, <clears throat> Paul is rehearsing what the Lord said to him in Acts 26, verse 16. He says that the Lord said to him, Jesus said this to him, But rise, stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of these things which you have seen and of the things in which I will appear unto you delivering you from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan. The word power, once again, is exousia, the Greek word for authority. So you could read it that way. Turn them from the authority of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So he said, Paul, I'm sending you to turn the Gentiles. He was an apostle to the Gentiles, he said. I'm sending you to turn them from the authority of Satan unto God. That would say to me, Satan has no more authority over me. Now, if he doesn't have authority over me and I'm with God, I have authority over him. Look at the last scripture we'll look at tonight. This morning, Colossians chapter 1. I don't know about what you think, but I think I could rest my case right now and win it. Not any problem. For something to be scriptural, what's it have to have? It has to have scriptures. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. All right, Colossians chapter 1, and uh, let's go to verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath, hath made us, the King James says, meet or qualified or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us, notice that's past tense, from the power, and then once again, that, that word power is exousia, authority of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Hey, we're in a kingdom of, of His dear Son now. We're in a kingdom of authority. How many know a kingdom is a kingdom because it has a king? And how many know a king is a king because he has authority? And Romans says we're to reign as kings. It said the, the King James says we're to reign in life through one Jesus Christ. The word reign there means this, to reign as kings. So the Amphite Bible says it that way. We're to reign as kings in life through one Jesus Christ. The king reigns because he has dominion. He has authority. Hallelujah. And so I don't know about you, but I'm glad I have authority. <clears throat> and it's not, listen, it's not up to God now whether I walk in the blessings that He's provided or not, it's not up to Him any longer. He's already said yes and amen. He already wants me to do it. It's up to me to take my position and my authority over my life. I don't have authority over your life. I can help you if you want me to. You know, but ultimately, you have the authority. <coughs> Pastor Jerry could help me lose that weight if he really wanted to. 
How could he do that? Well, he, can't, he could remind me when I get ready to get that second piece of chocolate cake. He could say, no. Phyllis says it doesn't work. Anyway, but he could, he could assist me, but he can't, he can't just say, you know what? I'm losing weight for pastor. Yeah, I'm, I'm not eating today because pastor needs to lose weight. I wish it did work that way. I'd have you all lose a few pounds for me this week. I mean, that's the same way in the spirit, man. It doesn't work that way. Like, I'm, you know, well, if pastor's got it today, I'll get it. Well, listen, there's, pastor can assist, pastor can help, but ultimately it, it comes back to us. What we permit, what we allow. See, I've had things attack my body over the years, and I don't just, like, leave it up to God. God, if you want me healed, you'll heal me. And if you don't, you won't. I just, whatever your will is. No, 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 no. I don't do that. You can do that if you want to. I'm not criticizing anybody. I never work that way any longer. I don't do that. Because here's what I learned. It doesn't work. I said it doesn't work. Because I'm trying to get God to do something and, and to move. And it's not his move. It's my move now. It's my turn to talk to the mountain. Now, once I talk to the mountain, that's faith in God. God's power will show up and do something about the mountain. It's His power that's going to do it, but it's not His move to do it. It's me. Amen. God will let you live with anything you want to live with. He'll let you, you know, He'll let you do whatever you want to do. How many know that? He'll let you leave here, go down, and rob a filling station. He doesn't want you to, but He'll let you because He's given you authority. Same thing's true. What you have in your life, what you don't have. I'm not condemning you. I'm just trying to wake it, awaken us. You have something to say about it. You have something to say about it. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to permit that. I'm not going to permit that. Take your authority. Watch God's ability come on the scene. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.